da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. We are in the midst of award season here on the Mad About Movies podcast, and there is so many things to talk about, so many movies, and so many conversations to have, and I'm so excited to be here with my uh, co-host, Richard Barton. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, man? How we doing? Doing good, man, and uh, you know... It's weird to talk to you. We're doing this... Because of the holiday uh, difference, we're doing this during the day. Yeah, and uh, I don't like I'm you know the sun's up. It's not Kent time, but I'll, <laughs> I'll adjust. Yeah, yeah, we're used to doing this uh, late in the night or something like that. But uh, you know, we we make the time for the the man fam out there, especially during award season, to cover as many movies as possible. And uh, this was one that Richard and I, I know, had circled early in the yeah, year. Uncut Gems, coming to us from the Safdie Brothers, starring Adam Sandler and numerous other uh, great actors. And uh, yeah, man, this was one, whenever you see a dramatic role from Sandler uh, pop up, and not that they come up that often, I think the yeah. last one was Men, Women, and Children a couple of years ago with yeah. Jason Reitman, and that... He's no, great in that, but that movie's terrible. Yeah, no one saw that, and... Mm-hmm. and um, it didn't resonate at all. So the last few have been kind of that way. Like uh, Rain or Me several years ago was like he's great in it, but the movie's kind of like obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cobbler's terrible. You know right. what I mean? Like in all, he was kind of suffering from. Uh, we always call it John Krasinski itis, where when John Krasinski was kind of launching his film career, he kept making the right choices at the time, but then they would be bombs. Like he did the George Clooney movie when that was a really cool thing to do off good night. Good luck. And then that movie was terrible. They did. He co-wrote the movie with Matt Damon, Matt Damon's first screenwriting since good will hunting. Then that was terrible. Like, and it seemed like Sandler was kind of doing that. He was picking cool directors and cool projects. And then they would, they would uh, be awful. So then he would go back and make six bad, you know, Rob Schneider, Netflix movies. And, and so <laughs> it's exciting to see it kind of all come together finally. Cause I think he's, he, you know, he's such a, one of our finer actors, I think, actually, when he wants to be. And so it's cool to see this. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Sandler's, uh, you know, despite the uh, track record of sure. of bad movies. Uh, I don't really let that sway my opinion of him. There's just something totally endearing about him that I yeah. can't put my finger on. There's something relatable. There's something honest. There's mm-hmm. something, of course, funny about the way he does. He's just such yeah. an original personality. And he's unlike anything... You know, we've ever really seen in yeah. Hollywood. He is, and, and uh, his he is rare. I think you know there are a lot of comedic, traditionally comedic actors that do that go into and make these great dramatic turns. Oftentimes, because I, you know, I've, the, the the cliche of that comedy's harder than drama, so it's never a surprise when a great comedic actor um, can can be really impressive in a drama. But they're normally really showy performances. Like you think of some of the stuff Jim Carrey's done, uh, some of the stuff. Uh, Eddie Murphy did, you know, Dream Girls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like a really showy performance. In Dolomite's really showy. Yeah, and it doesn't make it worse. I just mean normally mm-hmm. when comedic actors go and and do something serious, it's like okay. Um, Sandler's always been, I always think, kind of understated as a dramatic actor, and and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he was trained. You know, he he went to NYU. Yeah, you know, he was a as far as Americans go, classically trained. We don't <laughs> go that classic, but about as classic as you can go outside of Juilliard in, in America and. 
and has that background and then also was doing stand up and went into the comedic thing. But he doesn't have to do the, you know, he, he, I think he knows where really to find the truth when you watch something like Punch Drunk Love, which I think until this was, was really his, his great, um, serious role. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always surprising how grounded he is and how, and, and, uh, nuanced and smart those performances are. And I think he brings some of that to his comedy too when the comedy's good, but he just doesn't, you know, uh, the, the diminishing returns, I think, on the com. I think I love a lot of those 90s films, and that might just be our age, Ken. I mean, we kind of were raised on that stuff, but the stuff, you know, the last, I don't know, 10 plus years is, is not great, but it's, you know, I get it. They make a ton of money, and it, it, I think he's endearing even when he makes bad movies because it's like it seems like he's making them for the right reasons and that like I want to you know I want to take my family to this locale and hang out with my friends. It's kind of like a move we would all make, right? And and I'm you know yep I'm gonna make twenty million dollars. All my friends are gonna get paid, and it's gonna go straight to Netflix. And kids will like it, and I get to you know hang out with like if you and me and Brian and our families could all go to Cabo and shoot a bad movie we would do that like you know so multiple it's, bad movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they they set one and <clears throat> i like like i think on um grown-ups one was like yeah it was like cabo and the second one was hawaii it's like yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do the next one in barbados you yeah. know it's like yeah. uh yeah so those bad movies are a little more forgivable than when like other people do them because it seems like all right you know We're just it's having fun with each yeah other. yeah just exactly good so, to see the boys back together again right and, yeah and and it's sad you know I was watching uh, Sandler on the the David Spade uh, mm-hmm. lights out yeah my they, cousin actually went to that taping oh did he uh, yeah he was front row at that David Chavid was at that taping which is just randomly he. His girlfriend got him tickets, and did uh, he tote at the? Uh... He didn't tote. Oh, he should have toted. He toted, but they, yeah. you know, security stopped it, which is ridiculous. Oh. But wow. yeah, he's great. That Spade interview is really good. It is, but it's funny how like Spade and like they think Grown Ups is just awesome. Like still, like they really do. You I know? think I yeah I know I think though I think we're just too old for it. I think if we were ten years younger, that would be like a Happy Gilmore to us. I don't you know? know. I don't I think don't, so. I, I I know, but I know a ton of people that like that movie. If you saw that when you were twelve, you love that movie. And I think I can say objectively because like we watch a lot of movies that his earlier stuff's better cinematic. Like, but. I don't know. There's something we have movies like, you know, we love probably rookie of the year is probably not that great of a movie or blank check, but it's like movies we saw at that age that we're always going to have a thing for. And I think they do get a lot of positive feedback on, on grownups because so many people were kind of raised on it. My, uh, fiance or wife, depending on when you're listening, we're (laughs) we're getting married uh, this weekend actually. But, um, she, she, she tells me she saw grownups in the theater. Um, and so it was nine years. She was 18, 19 yeah. then. And uh, she said it was one of the worst experiences she's ever had and yeah. the most disappointing, unfunny thing she's ever seen in her life. And every time I think and ask her about worst movies or whatever, it always comes up. And she was, you would think 18 years old would be the wheelhouse. Yeah, that. I think it's a little younger than that. I'm thinking like 12, 13. I think they get. Rotten hit. Tomatoes is a 10% on grownups and 30% Metacritic. But, you know, if you want more thoughts on that, I did a solo app, I oh, think, yeah, on Grown Ups yeah. or Grown Ups 2. I, think I don't even remember Grown Ups 2 is, that one is not well received. But I think uh, Grown Ups has a... Has a Grown Ups has a 93% uh, approval rating from the uh, Google users, apparently, yeah. according to Google. So That's weird. Yeah, that's uh, it's very odd. And, yeah, it costs $80 million for some reason. How does, how does Grown Ups cost $80 million? Yeah, uh, yeah. 
What is going on? All those guys got eight. Well, Sandler's yeah, twenty. Paid. Yeah, Sandler's yeah. twenty, and the other guys get at least five each. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That has a sixty-two percent audience score. That's crazy. And, but it made two hundred and seventy-five yeah. million. So it it uh, it totally um, you know was profitable. But but yeah, man, I'm with you. I love dramatic Sandler and. And I, you know, think about Punch Drunk Love, and and if you go back and listen, a twenty four podcast did a did a mm-hmm. conversation with Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safdie brothers, just talking to each other about Sandler and working with Sandler, and you know their their methods, and it's a fascinating uh, conversation. I would I would yeah. definitely beg anyone listening to this to go listen to that and 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 ingest that. But um, you know, it's funny because uh, Paul Thomas Anderson said, you know. I just contacted Sandler. I just liked Sandler and, yeah. and said, I'm writing you a movie. And Sandler was like, oh, I've seen Boogie Nights. This guy's legit. He's up and coming. Let's do it. You know, he's all about like mm-hmm. if people give him the opportunity, taking advantage of that. And, and uh, you know, just to, to transition over to Uncut Gems talk, uh, the, the Safdie brothers wrote this movie 10 years ago. Yeah. For Sandler. Sandman. Yeah. They wrote it for Sandler 10 years ago. When they were just out of film school, whatever, um, these guys are thirty-five years old. So they were like twenty, you know, early twenties mm-hmm. when they when they approached him, and they said, you know, justifiably, their script didn't get past Sandler's like fourth rep. <laughs> and, yeah, and Sandy, uh, the manager, the famous Sandy Wexler, he, he made them. Yeah. yeah, he made. The, I think it's Sandy something else, but yeah. the movie Sandy Wexler is based mm-hmm. on on that guy. Yeah, yeah, he, he rejected it, which and, is totally. They were nobody, right? Yeah, they had no. They had nothing out. They had a couple short films, I think, or something like that. And and but but yeah, the Safdie brothers even ten years ago were like, we're going to write a, a, a dramatic role for Sandler, and um, you know, obviously a lot of stuff happened between now and then. They made a couple other movies. They made Heaven Knows What, Daddy Long Legs. And, um, of course, Good Time. Yeah. And Sandler saw Good Time at Cannes and was blown away by it. And After re- Cannes. After Cannes. Yeah, yeah. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't watch it. He, they wanted to meet it with him at Cannes and he blew him off because he's like, who are these guys? They right. Really yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, but then he saw the movie. Yeah. And, uh, and Josh Shafty says, um, out of the blue, like a week later you know, somebody texted him out of nowhere and was like, your movie rules. And he's like, who is this? And he's like, uh, Sandler. And he was like, Robert Sandler. Cause he's like a <laughs> photographer. Like he yeah. actually was friends with. And he's like, Adam Sandler, the comedian, you idiot. <laughs> and, um, just said, Hey, let's meet, let's talk about this. So, so they went and played basketball together. Um, you know, played two on two and kind of, they pitched the idea of the film and, and Sandler was all in after seeing Good Time about these guys, um, mm. you know, what they were bringing to the table, the way they go about things. And it's funny because, you know, Sandler is this machine now. Like, he's a yeah. he's a Hollywood machine. He doesn't like and, to not work. Right. Doesn't, do, but also, at the same time, loves creative control over every mm-hmm. single thing he does. And, you know... I, I've heard from people that have worked on those movies, you know... Because they asked, I think he's on that on that. I don't remember if it was on the Spade Show or what, but they asked him, "Would you ever want to direct?" And he was like, "No, no, absolutely not." Yeah, but I, I heard, you know what? I saw Dennis Dugan's his guy, like yeah, but it's him. That I've heard that he directs all those movies. Yeah, he's just his puppet guy. Yeah, yeah, he's the boss on the set. You know, he runs the set and all that. And uh, yeah, Dan Patrick, who's in a lot of those movies, said that like it's a it's a Sandler all the way through a movie. Uh, I don't know if that makes you think more or less <laughs> on Sarah with a lot of those. But, hey, real quick on the PTA thing. I, this mm-hmm. was years ago, five years ago maybe, maybe a little less. He, uh, uh, PTA did – yeah, I think it was when he doing Inherent Vice press tour. He did 
the WTF, the Mark Marin pod. I think it was that mm-hmm. one. And they were talking about Punch Drug Love, and he said, yeah, I saw Big Daddy, and I just wanted to make an Adam Sandler movie. I just loved it. I, I love it. Big Daddy. That's my yeah, favorite Sandler movie, probably. Uh, it's it's top two for me, probably. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think Gilmore is my favorite. I don't know, but yeah. uh, but it's up there. And he said, I watched it like 200, you know, and, I, and, and uh, Mark Marin, you know, Mr. Like, uh, tries to always like philosophize on things, which is fine. But he's like, uh, no, but you wanted to make like the art when you made Punch Rock Love. You're trying to make like, an artistic version of. It. He's like, no. He's like, I feel I look at that movie as a failure because I just wanted to make an Adam Sandler movie. Like I yeah. wanted to make a stupid, silly, you know, where I play the rage, where he does the rage monster thing and all that. I just, I just didn't do it right. <laughs> it was just so funny that like this yeah. great Artur of our time was like, I just wanted to make Big Dad. You know, so Punch Rock Love is Paul Thomas Anderson, which is a great film. And a great performance by Sandler, but it's him trying to make a silly, dumb Adam Sandler movie, which is hilarious. Yeah, man, that is funny. Um, it, it's funny how, I don't know, it's funny that that didn't spawn more for Sandler, I guess. You know, and, and it, it wouldn't what, have now. At the time, yeah. people didn't understand People didn't it. understand it, and then, you yeah. know, he went into like, all right, F this, I'm making Jack and Jill now. Like, yeah. seriously. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, I, he's like, you guys don't want this? The greatest I'll give Pacino you film. The most parodied, hammed up version of what I do, and it's going to be constant but you know he's an innovator man he's the first first person i heard of that signed this exclusivity with netflix mm-hmm. and totally. that, that's pretty groundbreaking when you think about absolutely where things are going um and yeah just to say he has creative control over everything is is um an understatement but you know him going into this film with the safties he literally wrote himself a note and said he looked at it every day almost that said this is not your movie mm-hmm. because he it was so hard for him to let the Safties do what they do and to not mm. be involved. And he kept telling them, it's like, Hey, I want to do what you want to do. Don't let me influence anything about what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Don't let, don't try to try to cater to me. Let me cater to you, you know? And, really cool. um, and so the Safties always have such a raw, almost mm. documentary style to what totally. they do. And I feel like Sandler just works so well in that sandbox mm-hmm. where you don't give them lines it's improvisational. Mm-hmm. It's you can walk wherever you want. You don't have a mark. You're walking down the street. And he said a lot of the times he didn't even know where the cameras were. Yeah. He didn't know where, how he was being filmed. Oh, this is a close up. Oh, this is a wide shot. He just went and he just trusted the directors to do it and do their thing. It's almost and, street theater at that point. Right. You know? And he said they were filming in the streets of New York. He was, you know, going in and out of real shops with real people and people weren't recognizing him as Sandler. And it was just as about as incredibly I don't, I don't know uh empowering as you would think or want an acting experience to be and so that's amazing but uh let's 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 talk about this movie man yeah um i freaking love this movie know, so much too, it, it's like the most kent garrison movie of the year yeah. maybe like well, my so like with the nba stuff and that oh, kind of documentary style is way up my alley too. this oh, is where our sure. our interests merge right here on yeah. this movie yeah, I love sports and culture, of course. I love movies that feel almost DIY, like anyone yeah. can go out there and shoot. I love gambling. <laughs> yeah, you're a big big bookie guy. You're actually a bookie on the side. Yeah. Um and so so yeah, man, I just I just love movies that aren't overly produced, that mm-hmm. aren't um manufactured, you sure. know. This feels so genuine. And such a like a like a like a vision of two guys that just wanted to do what they wanted to do, and an actor with a complete buy-in, 
and um, man, the most one of the most gorgeously shot films I've seen in a long time. Yeah. That takes place in a jewelry store. You know how can you make yeah. that look good? And they do. Um, the music on this is just stunning from from uh, you know the first frame of the movie until the last. The music just carries and and just uh, you know affects the emotion, but not in like a John Williamsy way of of okay now you need to cry. It's almost like surreal. Um, they think they said like ninety minutes of the movie there's music, which is crazy when you think about wow. scoring a movie. That's you know a little you know about two hours and that ninety minutes of it there's music under like, you, you would think a lot of movies there's way less than that just as, mm-hmm. you know so so yeah that that blew me away the 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 electronica soundtrack to mm-hmm. this you know you can go so many different directions with the with with scoring this you can do a soundtrack you can do so many things which they do kind of have a soundtrack but I just thought that made such a difference to the attitude yeah. the the uh, perception of what you're seeing, um, their vision for the score. Good Time has that too. I think yes. it's the same artist, yeah. right? I, I don't I know. That. I'm not sure, but yeah, Good Time is. does yeah, have the same. Uh, yeah, the same. I listen to that soundtrack all the time. The Good Time one, the score. Mm-hmm. I listen to that. That's yeah, a great track. Yeah, um, I, I just, like that kind of music when I'm like working and things like that in the background. So yeah, it 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 really lifts the film and the way mm-hmm. the movie starts in um, in Ethiopia. And, yep. you know, they go from – once the movie goes from, like, the psychedelia, uh, we're going through an opal, and this is the ending of 2001, A Space Odyssey, but at the beginning of the movie, and then it it comes out the other end out of Adam Sandler's butthole. I was like <laughs> – or colon, yep. he's getting a colonoscopy or whatever. I was like, these guys yep. – you go from literally the most gorgeous thing on Earth and transition into the worst thing on Earth, mm-hmm. and it somehow works and sets the tone for the movie – but I, man, I was completely bought into to Howard the character. I didn't yep. once see Sandler in this movie. I never yeah, once was like, "I'm watching too. Sandler's movie," you know. And then you just, yeah, I just love for the some reason he's a despicable guy. But like, yeah. just, that's where the I think the 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 genius of casting someone like Sandler, even though he he does disappear in this, there's so much goodwill toward. He's such a, you know, he he has an inherent like we were talking about earlier, an inherent goodness to him, at least. In perception, he may be the worst person ever. I don't know. But I mean, he just, there's something moral in his eyes. And so, um, Eddie Murphy has this thing too the kind of sad but moral eyes. And so, when you, you can make someone like that uh, kind of despicable in a lot of ways, and the audience is still going to like them because of those, that, that sympathetic thing you feel for them, that you root for them. Absolutely, man. I, I, I was just completely, um, convinced by the character and the way he inhabited the character. Um, and just the Safdie's vision for Howard, they wrote him after a real person that they knew in the diamond yeah. district. That their, their dad worked dad in worked, that world. Yeah, yeah. Like actually worked there. And that world, I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I knew, I, I knew of a diamond district in New York. I, I think I might've known it was in Midtown, but other than that, I didn't really know the logistics of it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. What a fast, how has that really never been on screen before? Right. What a fascinating world that is. And kind of a, a lawless, you know, anarchistic, crazy place. It was and, wonderful. And the way that they cross it over with the sports betting world too is just is great too because yeah, I feel like that's a just people oh, that have gotten in over their heads in the betting world is a whole is a great dramatic oh um, yeah situation and uh, it's enhanced here by obviously a lot of stakes um, and so Mark, and Mike Francesa 
And Mike Francesa, man, good. He was great in this, man. I know he can that's... act. <laughs> I, you know, no, I can't say that. No, I'm not saying he can act. Yeah, uh, the Safis can direct. Yeah, that's exactly. the thing about directors, man. Is when you see a bad movie with a bad performance, it's all in the director to get the performance out well, of the so actor. Well, so many, so many directors only focus. You know, they're kind of the. the so many are really cinematographers is the way they direct mm-hmm. and then they let the actors just totally run their performance and mm-hmm. the Safdies really you can tell direct performance and yeah I know, they do they know which what is, they want. you don't want to overdo that you want to let actors have some freedom but they they know what they want which is that's why everyone that's why you can stunt cast with you know Kevin Garnett's great in this and you know, a movie where Kevin Garnett and Mike Francesa are can fit with Lakeith Stanfield and, and Adam right. Sandler you know and I yeah. Dina freaking Menzel like one of the great ta- Broadway talents I, I, I love that or Adela Dazeem as I prefer Adele to call her <laughs> yeah the wickedly talented, um, but she, she, uh, yeah, that that's a that's a thing where like, if you have directors that really know how to direct performance, you can put because acting. Let's face it, it's the easiest thing to do on a movie set is act probably, and so it's the, or the least technical. So if you have someone that really knows how to get that truth out of you, it can work, and you can have freaking Mike Francesa, who can't even sound real on his own radio show anymore. He's so out of it. Uh, be great in a movie in a small little part. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and and they seemed like they had a, a perfect vision for what they wanted. Man, the 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 ability for them to cast people who had never acted before. They walk, they like walk through New York. They walked through the Diamond District, and they walked through, um, you know, bookies. They booked actually had actual bookies, yeah. um, in this playing bookies, uh, because you just you want that authenticity in a movie yeah. like this. You don't want a guy playing a guy, you know, you want to feel like these guys have been in this world forever. This guy named Keith Williams Richards, who mm-hmm. plays Phil, who's yeah. kind of the main bad guy completely. They just found this guy, you yeah. know, and they're like, okay, he has exactly what we're looking for. And he's stunning in this movie. He is. I, I love the real, you know, you see this less and less as the place becomes less and less. And if you ever want to read anything about this, Kurt Anderson has a, a lot, talks about this a lot, but like there is this sort of Disneyfication of, of New York, but mostly just Manhattan. It becomes this kind of Manhattan. So much of Manhattan now is like a Disney theme park based on Manhattan. And, and there's no, you know, as, as the real estate goes up and it gets more gentrified and, you know, like weird Chinese and Russian billionaires own empty apartments everywhere. You lose, you know, you lose the less, more, more, less and less of that seventies New York. And it's fun to find these little pockets where that city's still alive Especially mm-hmm. in Manhattan, more more of that's you know kind of pushed out to to more affordable places, and where like real New Yorkers live that have been there for generations, you know, little Jewish or Italian or Puerto Rican or whatever neighborhoods that they are in, and this this little district, you know, and and it's all intents and purposes still there is cool. Like, oh man, because that just doesn't, you know, it used to be the whole island was like that. Now it's less and less, and I just think anytime you can explore that in, in a true way in the movies, right. unique now in twenty twenty now. Yeah, man the. Uh... The FedEx guy in the movie, yeah, was like, like actual FedEx Yorkers. guy. Yeah. They they got off the street. That was just delivering FedEx. They got him to sign a, you know, sign a waiver to give it was his image. And they said, "All right, man, do what you do. Deliver this package to Sam." Yep. He walks in, delivers it. He signs for it. It looks, you know, it's great. Um, you never once think about it not being real. And just that that touch is so so great and cheap, man. They probably didn't. They probably yeah. paid that guy a hundred bucks, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, yeah. rather than paying some sad guy. You know, scale to to do a walk on part or whatever. Yeah. Um. So that's that's awesome, and uh and man, there's uh there's so much about the background of this that's fascinating to me. The fact that it took ten years. They said they did 160 drafts of the script. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and like, 
there was so many, so much, so much uh, debate on whether they wanted to set it in the current times or in the past. Uh, when they wrote it, um, it was set in current times, mm-hmm. and the Kevin Garnett role was going to be Amari Stoudemire. That's who it was well, written for. Well, no, that was going to be past time, too, because it was going to be about that Knicks team of that right. time. And yeah, then they, exactly. Then after Amari, they were going to do present and do Joel Embiid. Right. But then Sandler couldn't film in the summer because I think he was doing the uh, murder mystery movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they had to push to fall, and obviously Joel Embiid is still – Playing. playing, so then they had to go back to someone who and set it back in a year. Twenty, if you see the movie, all the gambling stuff is real and all that. So you have to kind of write around that, and then I think their original and, intention was if they had made it when they wanted to, yeah, it would it have a, been Amari. Yeah, it would have been. He was a good actor. Yeah, like, he really would have been good. great in this. He would have Amari's been really yeah. good in. Uh, he would have been awesome. I think. And KG's great, but um, I love Amari. First off, he's in MacGruber, yeah. and he's in. He's good in the. I thought he was better than LeBron in his little part in. Uh, uh, the train Amy Schumer movie, yeah, Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, but KG. The funny story is, they're you know the Safties are huge Nick fans. So God bless them. And uh, someone has to be, I guess. And and so they Celtics are. I wouldn't say rivals, not the right word, but a a, <laughs> a division opponent that they play a lot. And they said the first thing they said when Kevin Gar- Garnett uh, came on set, they go, "I and hate you." Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, "That's good, that's good." And then you know they ended up loving him, but because he's so good in the movie, but they're like, is they sports hated him, and then uh, he ends up being in their movie, which is cool. Can you imagine if this was set during the 2011 NBA Finals and Dirk uh, was the I star know, of man. this? Could have been great, but I I don't Gosh. think Dirk Dirk would be buying. Di- he's not the Diamond Furby type, you know. No, or the, or the uh, you couldn't have done the African kind of gem piece. With yeah, it. that's it true. But man, Dirk would have obviously he, everything. He's one of the great actors of our generation. Yeah, and that he needs is. to be discovered. <laughs> well, you and I need to write a movie with Dirk. That's what needs to happen. Let's we need do to it. we need oh, to man. let Dirk um, make you know show KG what's up when it comes to the acting. But <laughs> Just speaking like of that, twenty every playoff time they met twenty twelve Celtics team though between man. Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, that's the best group of actors yeah. probably on one team ever in <laughs> yeah in NBA history, right? And that team too, like that whole era of the Celtics, they won one title. They went to a couple finals. They're a great team. Don't get me wrong. Man, has any team gotten more legs out of one title than that team? I mean, those guys are everywhere and still, you know, Kendrick Perkins still shows his ring off. It's, it's like, great, dude. A lot of, you know, a lot of guys win titles. That's awesome. <laughs> they, yeah. they act like they won 10. They, you would think they're the Golden State Warriors with that yeah, title. They did. But, yeah. Well, they but, were good. They just didn't they win were good. championships. They were always and they were in old. It, though. Yeah. yeah, and they were old when they got together, and so they did, couldn't have a long run. I, I don't just. Dis- they were awesome. But, I love uh, that man. trio of, of Rondo, Pierce, and Garnett, though. I loved yeah, watching them. Allen. They were so fun. Yeah, DJ Ray Brown. Allen just shooting threes. That was James great. Posey. Yep. What a squad. Kendrick Perkins. Perk. Loved I'm it. not a huge fan of, but that's, he was good on that team. Was Glenn Davis on that team, too? Big baby. Yeah. <laughs> Big baby himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, that was a that was Doc. crazy. I love Doc. So that's oh, the, Doc's my good. favorite. Yeah. yeah. Doc, Doc Rivers is great. tributed Dirk. Uh, beautifully in LA last year, so he's always going to be. My yeah, favorite. Kevin Garnett's always been one of my favorite players. I loved yeah. him on the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves are like, I followed the Timberwolves like as a diehard, yeah. like early high school because of that. Yeah. And then, um, like when I when I went to uh, work out of college, people started calling me Big Ticket because my n- initials are KG. So, oh yeah, so That's it, funny. Was, like, it in, in, invigorated my love for Kevin Garnett. And I've always <laughs> just loved him as a player. I've always he, just thought I he was always great. Found him, yeah, he's. Great player. And when he went back to Minnesota, that was awesome too. Yeah, it was cool. And but he, I always found him, even when he played, to be enormously. I mean, I don't 
want to seem weird here, but like a really beautiful human. He's very like um, noble looking, like a kind of almost like a prince or something. I mean, he's, obviously, yeah, seven he's feet like, tall. He's like the, the camera loves him, man. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly. He has beautiful skin and like he just looks like nobility. And and uh, his body is really thin, but like symmetrical and like built for basketball. I always used to, now Giannis is like the ultimate example of that. But I used to say if you were to design a body to play basketball, it would be Kevin Garnett's. But so it's cool to see him in a movie because I've always found him really cinematic and like interesting looking. And, and uh, so it's cool to see that done for sure. Let's talk about um, Julia Fox and Idita Menzel, who are both yeah. fantastic in this. Gosh, I love Julia the... Fox is a revelation. Oh, man, she was great. Um, I love the story of just him fighting between these two women, you know, mm-hmm. the woman he's safe with or the woman he loves, you know? Yeah. And and Idina's kind of. Adele uh, Dazim. Adele Dazim's uh, <laughs> struggle with that. And then yeah. how Julia and him kind of have this adrenaline-fueled relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, That's I love the thing. That He's addicted to adrenaline. It's right. the movie. You know, and it's a- mm-hmm. Yeah, he can't, he can't not have the fix, you know? Yeah. Um, Whether it's gambling or selling or his love life or whatever, he has to always be at a million miles an hour, and that addiction to that is, is fascinating. And they, they film it, you know? Uh, the Safdies and what's the cinematographer's name? It's he's a genius. Darius something. Kanji mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. how I say? Yeah, it? he did uh, an anima this year too with PTA. Anima, he's fantastic too. Yeah, yeah, he's he's becoming my new. I mean, he's been around forever, but I'm kind of as I get more and more. You've kind of turned me more into a cinematography nerd, and yeah. uh, and he he's up there now, probably in my top. Absolutely. He does stuff. This I was a, this was my I, this was my number one of the year for totally. cinematography. It better freaking win for that. But who yeah, knows? the um, it reminded me of don't... Birdman and just kind of the natural light yeah. of everything. I and... feel like 1917 is probably a shoe in for, to win that. But maybe. what a great year for that. I mean, we still haven't seen that. But I would assume single. Shot I don't know. Deacons maybe yeah, maybe gonna... <laughs> maybe like but maybe like the cinematography community is just like. Dude, why you don't have to do this in one shot? You're just showing off, like yeah. you know, like at but some if point. It's De- yeah, but if it's Deacons, he'll probably do it with a plum. Deacons got his Oscar like two years ago. He yeah, might, he but he might. deserves seven. More, yeah, so. he needs one every year. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I, Roger Deacons is the goat. I'm not saying that. I just this was such an original, yeah, different this was cool. thing that I can't, I can't get over how this movie looked. Like the scene in the with the black light in the club was. Um, unbelievable um the way they shot that with the weekend there and yeah um sandler being there and the stakes of the situation um it all works the music and everything um but yeah man this narratively this movie i, I don't know if i've been this into like from minute by minute a movie this year like just invested from the beginning to end it doesn't yeah. drag at all it doesn't get boring um it Right when you think, uh, you know, it starts to get talky, they have like an auction sequence that like really cranks the energy up and, and, um, you know, Kevin Garnett's buy-in is just, is awesome because Mm -hmm. that, that could really make or break the movie. And they said when they talked to Kevin Garnett, like they talked to him on the phone and they said he was just like all in on making this a character and making this performance and... And that really can, because there's so many scenes with just Sandler and Garnett talking to each other, you know, it's like, where's my Opal, man? And, you know, talking to his office or whatever. Yeah. Um, that stuff is just. I listened to an interview with Sandler and uh, NKG, I think on the Bill Simmons pod or something. And mm-hmm. they were saying like NBA guys really know their movies. I'm, a lot of athletes, probably the, with the exception of football, only because they're not on the road as much. But like baseball and basketball players, like they watch a lot of stuff because you're just, you know, you're on the road. 40, 50 nights a year. Yeah. yeah. And, and so 
if not in baseball more, but uh, so like Sandler said, he was really surprised that like, you know, KG knew the safties, he knew their work, you know, he's kind of like a a little bit of a movie nerd for a, you know, stud athlete. Yeah. The, uh, Lakeith is like, is is in my top five right now of actors. He's so charismatic. He is amazing. Um, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to see everything he does now. Um, you know, day one, if possible, I'm, I'm all in on him and his future and what he brings. And I think he's just so like, doesn't even have to say a word kind of an mm-hmm. actor that totally that we can, um, I can, you know, I would bet the farm on this guy being, um, one of the great actors of our generation, uh, going forward. He, still, to he watch. still hasn't really had his, he had not, I don't mean this negatively at all because i think it's cool when they do it but i'll just for lack of a better word he hasn't really had his like sellout movie yet where he like does a blockbuster no i don't think he will man i don't think he i think yeah he he will everyone does at some point but like it'll be interesting to see what he chooses because he'll pick something cool i think because he he picks really cool movies oh you know marvel has like oh yeah down his door or somebody like that but i could but i'm excited for him to whenever he does that i think he'll be he'll because he He's, I don't think, known to a mass audience as well, and he's certainly charismatic enough to carry a huge movie, whether that's Marvel or whatever. I mean, that can be, any, it could just be a big original film. I'm not saying it has to be a franchise, but I'm excited for him to do something at a bigger scale because I think that guy has movies. He's a great actor, but I think he has real movie star potential. Should he want to do it, or he can just keep being awesome in smaller films like this? But yeah, he's great. If you want more like Keith Stanfield in your life, and you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, that's yeah, like the and Atlanta the vehicle of Lakeith. Yeah, and Atlanta's good, great too. Um, <coughs> so, so yeah, man. Uh, let's let's uh, maybe spoilers coming up. If you haven't yeah. seen this movie, we're gonna get a little spoilery here. So, um, that final sequence in the jewelry store mm. is just is amazing. The way they set it up with throughout the movie with the the latch on the door not mm-hmm. working and stuff, you know, and they use that as both a I don't know an inconvenience and an inconvenience, you know, for all the yep. uh, lack of a better term, but. I was just so totally transfixed by that final game because I don't remember that game, so I don't remember how it ended or anything, yeah, you know. Sure. So the hitting the free throws, the yep. the betting the money on the tip off, the whole thing was was genius. The way they they make the pen, or, I mean, the ultimate sequence in this uh, film, that you know, yep. and him just going ape watching this game is amazing. while these guys are locked in there, you know, is amazing. Yep, and he makes it, and then. Uh, one of the more abrupt turns ever in this in that scene too. Yeah, where, uh, I did not see that coming. No. Where they shoot Sandler in the head, did not, yep. didn't see yep. it, and was 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 floored by it. Um, and that's and, the kind of brutality realism that the Safties can do. Mm-hmm. You know, which is you got to be up for anything with them. Right. Yeah. If you if you've seen Heaven Knows What, it's like a, uh-huh. uh, it's a. Uh, if you can't deal with like suicide and like the real realities of drug addiction and things like that. Don't watch it, but if you want, you know, an authentic look at that, they do just about as good as anybody. And these guys are thirty-five, man. These guys are our age, and they are just absolutely killing it. Um, they are the vision, the 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 history that they have on the film business mm-hmm. is amazing. I don't know; these guys might be like NYU AFI grads, you know, but uh, they. I mean, there's a video I've watched of them. Um, going through the Criterion collection mm-hmm. and just picking out their favorite movies and hearing them talk about why this is great, you know, how it influenced us is, is awesome. These guys know, these guys are the real deal, man. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, between him and Ari Aster and Damien Chazelle, like 
We're you know, we, we've been saying is... a long time on this show, when is the next generation of great mm-hmm. filmmakers going to arrive? I'm tired of, of, of relying on Spielberg and Scorsese <laughs> to make, yeah. to, to define like the Tarantino, Paul yeah, Thomas, the, 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 the movies Anderson. of our, of, of our generation, yeah. you know? And yeah. I think these guys are it, man. Um, yeah. That trio is just. And Ledier. <laughs> well, he's a, yeah, he's spoken. Uh, I don't even have to say that. He's just, uh, he's yeah, obvious. It's so it's obvious. Implied. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not obvious. Um, but man, between this and Midsummer and, um, Parasite, I mean, three, just yeah. three of the most incredibly satisfying experiences I've ever had watching films. And I think this year rules. I, I yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, maybe it's just a lot of stuff up my alley, but I'm, I'm really digging this 2019. I'm, I was starting to put together my, my top 10 of the year. And, uh, I was like, man, I, I, and I'm comparing it to years past. I was like, man, this, this is pretty solid for, for me, what I like. Right. And in, in a, in a normal year where like the Irishman would be far and away the best movie I've yeah. seen. Like I, you know, have it. I, I can't even think about it after seeing gun cut gems, you know, like sure. it, just from what I like. Um, and you know, just to give an example, I saw uncut gems the day after seeing rise of Skywalker and, have thought about uncut gems infinitely more than rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And I feel like a rise of Skywalker. Is and we like that waiting rise for of Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. I, I gave it an a, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I've just been, um, I've been, uh, you know, conditioned to like be anticipating that for 30 years, but like, I was just so, um, taken by surprise by this, by mm-hmm. how, how great it was. And, um, let's talk about Sandler and the awards. You think he's going to get a, a nod for this? He didn't get a Golden Globe nod, nod, which yeah. is uh, he's definitely campaigning for it. He's doing the like uh, not campaigning, but every show he's on is asking about him. I assume that's his publicist asking, you know, trying to get that just sort of the uh, <laughs> Pavlovian Adam Sandler Oscar, Adam Sandler Oscar in the people's heads. Um, but I hope so. He's certainly deserving. It's definitely one of the five best you know male performances I've seen this year. Um, but. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I I think you know. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna come down to either he or Eddie. And I think this is less comic, so I think he would get the nod over over Eddie and Dolmite. Um, I think he would too. If it they're came not down gonna, to those two, I just don't see the Oscars nominating both of them because um, of their weird, stupid mm-hmm. anti comedian thing. Um, but I I hope so. I we'll we'll just have to see. Especially since you know a lot of these movies. Uh, coming in, don't have huge male performances. This is a bravura, like leading, yeah. like he's in almost every shot of this. Like he, mm-hmm. it's, it's fabulous. But you know, it's like nineteen seventeen might be great, but I, I think you know, I don't, I don't know if one of those guys is going to have that level of like screen. You, you know what I mean? Like that. Level if freaking of, Joaquin beats him this year, oh, I'm going to be so upset. I know. I, that's Joaquin a really is good like literally my favorite actor. Me so, too. I, but I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get. I don't. Well, you don't get art. Man. I know I don't get art. That's obvious. But I don't. I mean, how much better would Joker have been with the Safties doing it than? Oh that? my gosh! Dude, right, that, they are someone that. now that's kind of been yes. ruined for me. But if you're telling me gritty Joker with the Safties instead of freaking uh, the guy who did Road Trip, right? <laughs> as I will always refer to him, yeah. Todd Phillips. Um, I'd be. I just and and Joaquin. I mean, that's that's awesome. But I just I just don't think that film lives up to Joaquin's performance enough to to. To uh, didn't he's had too many good ones in the past for me to say? Oh, this is the Oscar one for him. The only yeah, way, the only reason is because it was the is the, is such a blockbuster. 
because you know, like no yeah. one saw the master, you right. know, and to me that's still his best performance. Oh, but like God, yeah. maybe if it takes a blockbuster to like yeah people to appreciate Joaquin, then that's great. I just think like if you're looking at this year, it's not even close. I mean, yeah. it's should have so- won for her or the master, but yeah. But yeah, I think Sandler certainly maybe the best. He's definitely in the top two or three. It's not in front of me right now. Who who else I loved in it? Um, but man, I, I I hope so. It would be cool. Would yeah, be cool. I I like Leo a lot. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I don't think yeah. there's a chance though. Yeah, um, I, think I love I love uh, you know all the Irish the three Irishman guys. De Niro, yeah, Pesci De Niro I thought was the best in that movie. Yeah. So. Uh, let me look at the odds. Right looking at, yeah, looking at an Oscar shortlist, and I would love to see where he is kind of on the odds because I would see. put him There's like no... top three probably. Let's see. It's so weird he didn't get the Globe nom since he's a big name, you know? It might not have been. Joaquin it might not. Or... They might not have. A24 might not even have pushed for the Globes. They might not even have cared, you yeah, know, that's like fair. To, to do a campaign because all those cost money, you know? Let's see. So right I think this now... is a shoe in for Best Picture nomination, though. And this is an early. Let's... Yeah, so this has, uh, man, he's not even, I'm not trying to find the odds here. This is a weird, hold on, this is like a weird site, but uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, Joaquin's a favorite right now to win, gosh, that's, he's great, man, but that's just not a good enough movie for me. Oh, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, uh, Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard is awesome, De Niro, uh, The Irishman, and then The Field is there, um, Jonathan Price and the Two Popes, Eddie Murphy, and then Sandler, and then DiCaprio is are the favorites. But the, it's so early, man. Like uh, those those campaigns and narratives are just will start. Ford uh, versus right Ferrari had some great performances too. Yeah, it's just they're uh, both. Oh kind man, of, Taron Egerton as Elton John was incredible. He needs yeah, a nomination. So Christian Bale's right behind it. So then, so uh, yeah, Joaquin is. Uh, if you don't know betting, negative minus is is a favorite. So, uh, so you, you bet a hundred bucks, you win 225 bucks for Joaquin cause he's minus two twenty five, Um, and then you got, uh, or that's not true. Never mind. That's plus two fifty on Adam driver plus a thousand. So bet a hundred bucks, win a thousand from Antonio Banderas, Irishman. Um, so yeah, so you would actually only win, I don't know, 35 bucks if you bet on Joaquin. Right? I hope he gets a nomination. Favorite? I just want to get nominated. I don't think he'll win at it. No, uh, he, he won't, he won't be, beat any of those, but if he gets nominated, I However, think that's so cool. These odds are from October 29th. So it's just, I think we'll start about peaking. Stuff. Yeah. When does it, when does it hit when the guys vote? When does it, when, what are they thinking about? I think about, it's like, know? it's right mid January, I think is when they vote. I, right. I think Joaquin, that's an early performance, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it will. It will. It, will. it definitely will. And man, Safdie's definitely need a best director, a best cinematography, and a best uh, picture nomination. Yep. Those are the three. And definitely I think. best. Best editing, maybe. I, yeah, that's that was the one I was going to say. This is the best edited movie I saw mm-hmm. this year. I don't know if that's in the directing or in the cinematography, but man, this felt well edited. Definitely, they the do director. their own editing, right? I think they do. Yeah, crazy. But I mean, it's so frantic and wonderful, and fits the. It's it's. I think uh, you know, just one of them does. The, I don't think both of them do. I think okay. Like, what, either Josh or Benny gotcha. does the like the editing gotcha. with the editor. Uh, yeah, Benny. Benny does Ronald. So the so they write with this guy named Ronald Bronstein, mm-hmm. and then so Ronald Bronstein and Josh and Benny wrote it, and then Josh and Benny directed it, and then Benny and Ronald edit. That's a cool kind of like mm-hmm. uh, way to do it. That's really cool, man. These guys. Bronstein's just probably he's not getting any credit. I want to 
hear more no, from him. No, he's great. And and if you've seen Daddy Longlegs, he's uh, yeah. one of the actor main actors in that. Actually, the main actor in that. So uh, that you know, that's worth uh, looking at. Did you also like the? The duality and the euphemism of the title of the movie being yeah. called Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. With too. that kind of, yeah. No, I like, loved it. Basically, like, awesome Jewish guy. Yeah. Basically, you know, <laughs> I like that um, too. Uh, there. So, man, Safties, watch out for these guys. And yes. um, can't wait to see what they do next. Can't man. wait to see. I'm sure it's going to be along these lines. I hope they never break out of what they do in this mold. Oh, and, that's right. They're, they're talking about doing 48 Hours remake. Hmm. Which could be cool. That could be cool. I don't know. I don't want to see them do any anything but their own original yeah. thing. I don't want to see them go get hired by Paramount to do an adaptation of whatever or reboot sure. of whatever. I don't. I don't want that to happen. Sorry, Batman Shane. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So man, I'm gonna give Uncut Gems an A plus. It's in my yeah. top three of the year. Like I said, between this Parasite and Midsummer, I'm. It's gonna be so hard for me to to make it uh you know i still haven't seen 1917 and queen and slim and a couple others that i yeah that probably have top two. 10 potential but i i uh this is a firm top five for me so uh yeah a plus a plus for me as well loved it definitely in my top five maybe top three maybe top one mm-hmm. um it's definitely in that tier i haven't ranked all those out yet but it's in the tier so uh, yeah, highly recommend it. Great watch. See it in the theater if you can. It's it's you'll you'll be on the edge of your seat in, in a cool way. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fabulous fabulous film. Great, great stuff. Well, uh, Richard, where can we find you online if we want to do that? You can find me at uh, Richard Barden on all the social media, the Mad About Movies podcast. If you like the VIP content, you can find us in the Discord channel, um, which you yeah. get extra episodes and uh, the ability to chat with us and other VIPs in Discord. Uh, for four bucks a month, so that's you get a buck an episode every month. We do four or five bonus episodes a month on the VIP feed. Plus, you can hang out with a bunch of other movie fans and uh, talk about whatever you want in there. It's really fun. It's a really lively group, and uh, it's always going and popping. So it's like a private Slack of just movie fans and oh, fans yeah. of the show, like-minded people who listen to the show yeah. and have things to say about the movies, and it's fun. And yeah, that rounds out to about a dollar a week, man. I yeah. think most people can afford that uh if you can't college kids i know it's a struggle but uh maybe ask the parents for for four dollars a month uh, allowance and they'll probably oblige that (laughs) gladly yeah so so thank you so much for listening um please subscribe leave us five stars if you like what you heard and definitely check out more on the safties i've watched yeah four hours of interviews with them they did (laughs) they did the film at lincoln center panel they did a toronto international film festival panel so these On guys the, are really uh, fun to watch. I recommend this to you, Ken. I don't know if you listen to it, but I only recommend they did a uh, a Ringer's Re- Ringer Rewatchable podcast on Happy Gilmore with just like the Safties oh, yeah. and Bill Simmons and Sean Fennessy just talking about Happy Gilmore. And, and they're such Sandler nerds. It's really cool. I, I, it's one of my favorite podcasts I listen to all year. I loved it. It's so much fun. And so I highly recommend that to you, Ken, and to the listeners if you want more Safties and Sandler talk. Yeah, man. It, it, it uh, It's cool that they like remembered – who are the people we loved when we were kids? Yeah. And just like, let's reinvigorate. It's almost like what Tarantino did with, with, uh, Travolta, you know, like I, yeah. he, he, this guy's a movie totally. star and I want people to see that, you know, and that's um, why you and I are going to make that Kevin Spacey movie. Cause we loved, <laughs> yeah, we did. It, yeah. We loved the usual suspects when we were kids. And so I haven't seen that guy in a few years. So when we, we're going to, we're going to bring him back. Right. Absolutely. I don't not. read the news. No. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> Still around if you're looking on YouTube. 
He's uh, got, oh, putting out videos every year. Cool. So. That um, my OJ movie. He hasn't been anything since Naked Gun. What was the, what was it like? The truth will set you free or something like that. Yeah, if gosh. you, what was the, yeah, what he had some he, kind of catchphrase this year. He's like, still doing Frank Underwood too, which yeah. is bizarre. And and think about the guy filming that too. I know. Like imagine I'm, getting the call if you're like some freelance <laughs> camera guy in Hollywood and like, hey, Kevin Spacey wants you to do like this Christmas card weird Christmas YouTube. card and trying to tell people he's not a sexual pervert you uh and kevin spacey i'm probably paid a ton but that's just got to be the weirdest <laughs> like experience to what do. ken's saying is kent filmed it if you yeah no if you know the guy <laughs> i know we got a lot of man fam in, in la if you know who films these yeah, I'd love if we can somehow find out we need to we need to get them on a full episode breaking it down uh, <laughs> letting us know there's probably some non-disclosure if oh, I'm something sure he signed, had but the crap out yeah, of he yeah. had to after what happened to him after the shoot. So yeah, um, so oh, God. Um, that's all for us. Thanks for listening. Yep, and uh, we'll be back next week. We're talking uh, Little Women and uh, 1917, other movies coming out later this year. Oh. So, so stay tuned for that. And until next time, see you at the cinema. Bye. Bye. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya The salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again